Welcome to Casual Swinger. If you're under 18, the following podcast is not appropriate for you. The subjects and language are for mature audiences only. If you're not mature in nature, just make sure you're old enough to vote. We don't take ourselves seriously, ever. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any opinions or statements made on this podcast, our website, or our blog. It's all in fun, folks. This isn't Dr. Phil. Now, consider yourself the listener properly advised. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Casual Swinger. My name's Mickey. And I'm Mallory. And uh, we've got some good stuff. Well, I, you we know what? One of these days, we're going to start with these episodes going, God, this episode sucks. Just yeah, turn just it off skip now. it. We, we, no, we, actually, this episode's good. Nah, Not going to lie. Too. Uh, we, we just finished an interview with one of the most badass ladies on the face of the planet, I think. Uh, I think so, too. And she's very unique. So Aisha Bailey is a therapist. And not just any therapist. She's a sex therapist. She uh, works with lifestyle couples, alternative lifestyle couples, kinks, BDSM, and regular therapy for just about any individual or couple. That's right. Polyamory. So today's I mean, episode is called What's Up, Doc? <laughs> and uh, You're so punny, Mickey. <laughs> and, you know, what we're doing is we're catching up with a board-certified sex therapist, LGBT, transgender. I mean, she does so many things. She's a PhD candidate in clinical sexology. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a fucking thing. Well, and I didn't even know that there's very limited regulations on how you are able to call yourself a sex therapist. And she actually can because in the state of Florida... And California, those are the only ones that require you to go through and take the classes and get certified. Yeah. But, you know, my favorite thing about Aisha is not that she's so knowledgeable because she is and not that she's conscientious and caring and sex positive. And by the way, we talk about what that means, which I've always Absolutely. wanted to do that. Um, that's not my favorite thing. My favorite thing about her is she's so fucking real. Are you took the words right out of my mouth she is she's like you and i and oh, all yeah. of our listeners out there and it's not a myopic view she's non-monogamous as well that's right she's also in the lifestyle actively in the lifestyle so she's just so incredibly real she's talking about sucking titties and and getting off and having i mean she's just i mean such a badass and she's foul mouth like we are and <laughs> i just this is uh and you know i i, I gush when we have these guests on but we've had great guests, right? Jeff James, Chris Santilli, we've been, and now Aisha yeah, Bailey. Yeah. We've I don't been know very, how we're going to keep it up. I don't either, but we've been very fortunate to cross paths with you know humans like these that improve our lives in an indirect or direct way. Very direct. So it, being compersive, we want to share that with our listeners. That's true. So you know, reaching out to her and her agreeing to this was, I mean, such an honor. Yeah. You it, know, it, just it, like it, everyone else who you know preceded her. Yeah, it really is. And uh, so, you know, obviously we, we don't usually jump right in like this. We talk about a lot of our things, which we're going to do now. But this episode is called What's Up, Doc? And we're going to do some really, really, really good in-depth questions about sex therapy and relationship therapy and, and what it means to be sex positive. So we're going to get to all that. But before that, Mallory, why don't you tell everybody, what have we been up to? I we've mean, this been, has been a while. It has been a while, but we've been so busy and I'm so excited about it. I mean, we've really been putting ourselves out there, meeting new people. We went on a date um, last weekend. Was which awesome. was fantastic. Um, well, technically, it was a weekday. And I have to say that because apparently the town we went to um, basically shuts down on Mondays. It was a tomb. It was hilarious. <laughs> 
I was really upset with Google because I know we like looked up a few different meeting okay. places. It was kind of halfway between us. It's what we usually do. Your phone's a lying and sack of shit. It is a lying sack of shit because it told me everything was open. So by the time we get to the second place that we walked to, we're like, hey, guys, this place is closed. This place is closed. I'm taking selfies with the closed signs <laughs> and then texting him too. I'm going, well. And I'm aimlessly wandering the streets of insert city name here. Yeah, right? Uh, but there was a highlight on our way uh, to finding food. We we did meet the couple, and then uh, we got to cross paths with a hot cop. Oh, she was smoking. She, oh, she dude. could beat me with her nightstick anytime. Dude, she was... She's literally the most attractive cop I have ever met, and very kind. Like, she knew we were wandering aimlessly looking for a place, and she gave us a few recommendations, and she was brutally honest. Oh, like, she was. She's like, hey, if you just want to get shit-faced and eat good chicken wings, go over here. I'm like, I fucking love you. Is she setting us up for a DUI right now? Right. Because I'll pretend to be drunk. for me to do what she told me Oh, to I'll be t- pretend to be drunk in public right now <laughs> to get in the back of her car. So If she's going to get in there with me? Oh, yeah. Oh, so man. We actually I like, almost fought over this girl because I saw her <laughs> and Mallory goes running over and I'm like, oh, hell no. And I go running over and I'm like, I, I need to talk to her too. Yeah, I know. You broke the rules. No clam jamming allowed. Oh, whatever. You were saying. <laughs> I mean, I'll invite you in if the the moment's right but it it was hilarious you were so adorable i could tell you were crushing on her she was smoking Uh, but she did give us some advice we did end up you know finding something to eat and drink but at the sketchiest bar near orlando yeah it was it's definitely a local place because we opened the door and everyone like turned their heads like the record scratched the music stopped and they all looked at us right but they were playing the national championship game go tigers yeah yeah clemson oh, won clemson God, won awesome. uh, yeah. yeah and i did my best to stay engaged but you did you did and we we figured it out i mean it's hard when a game like that and mickey's a huge clemson fan so oh, you know when they stuff. played alabama it was go tigers yeah. All right. Moving on. <laughs> but we had a great conversation. We ended up sitting there talking for hours and hours and hours. And I think that's like a running theme. And I I want to say it's a product of us being open and being active and inviting people into our lives and wanting to, you know, it, increase our tribe. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think sometimes people, because we're podcasters and we're honest about it, we tell people we have podcasts, but we don't talk about them unless something fucking hilarious happens or unless they tell us it's okay. And so some people don't want to be talked about, but they all have a lot of questions. And the first thing that they all, you know, they, they think it's a bigger deal than it is. Let me tell you something about what it means to be a podcaster. This is me and my wife, Mallory, sitting in a room by ourselves, talking to ourselves. That is 99% of what it means to be a podcaster. (laughs) That's how glamorous it is. We spent a bunch of money to put hardware together and a bunch of time to put stuff together to talk to ourselves. (laughs) Well, it's talking to each other. And you know what? I think this is part of our quality time together as well. Yeah, it is. It is. And of course, it's quality time time with all you guys. Yeah, and, and by the way, thanks for all the positive feedback. We've gotten a ton of messages lately, and I am just so humbled and so grateful and... I mean, flabbergasted. Like, I, I never imagined that the responsive or the positive responses and feedback would would come in this way. No, I, I definitely didn't so, either. And, you know, um, so fun fact, we always release our episodes on Wednesdays. Yes. And this is a Friday and we didn't release on Wednesday because we did record an episode. We time, did. But there was another episode for some good friends of ours that was out there that just... It was so deep and important, and it was on boundaries, which is what we were going to cover. And it just wasn't right, you know. No, for- it almost felt disrespectful because yeah. ours was definitely a little, you know, tongue in cheek, lighthearted. Ours was fun, and theirs was definitely a deep and honest and raw and 
Yeah, so we, we pulled that and we said we're just going to record again on Friday because I was in Vegas all week. Uh, and if, if you guys follow us on Twitter and Instagram, you know that I was out there. And it's kind of hard for us to record when I'm not here. The king lives. <laughs> Anyone <laughs> yes. who saw her Twitter feed will know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, if you saw her Twitter feed, the king lives. Uh, but so we figured, you know what, we're just going to record again on Friday and we'll do something else. Uh, which we, And to that extent, we got some huge love from our friends, the Swingers Down Under. Uh, C&D, which, by the way, they use their names now. I don't know if I told you that. But no. their latest episode, they started using their names, Kate and Daryl. Uh, and they, uh, they, they just gave us some mad love on Twitter, which resulted in probably the best week we've ever had in terms of people just giving us reviews, shout-outs, reaching out on SLS, Cassidy, SDC, emails at podcast at casualswinger.com. They were just, just shooting messages all over the place, um, yeah. telling us what they thought of the show, which – we love you for it. Absolutely love you. And so a little tidbit of information. Mickey handles a lot of the, the social media and the online stuff um, where I do the immediate stuff, maybe chatting or direct messaging or responding to emails. Um, and I got a bunch of messages and screenshots from him. So I, I saw everything that was coming through. I had a really, really rough week with my day job, like very, very rough. And I cannot tell you how good and how pos- how much it changed my outlook for the day and the evening and when these messages were coming in. So uh, that's my personal thank you to our listeners. Oh, yeah. You know, we talk a lot about and finding to, uh, your tribe, right? Uh, swinging down on our... Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah finding our, our tribe is... We talk a lot about finding our tribe, and it's kind of like our tribe is all over the world now. Because there's, I mean, the message I just told you about from that couple in New York that I yeah. got on SLS, the the stuff. I mean, our friends, we have friends in fucking Australia. That's I want to go to Australia. We have friends in Singapore. You know, wow. and, and with this one, they're actually in Singapore now, but um, we have friends all over the planet because of this thing we do. So we found our tribe. But, you know, that small town we went to, it was closed on Mondays. But we had a great time. We had a fantastic time. Our tribe. Um, they're super cool. Um, he's a cop. Mallory doesn't mind that. Uh, at all. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Men in uniform. There's just something about them that it, it's like and I can pick them out of a crowd without even knowing who they are. And I'm I'm right, what, nine times out of ten? Yeah, usually. There is something about public servantry or that formality of, of wearing a uniform that just gets my motor running. Mm-hmm. I wonder, like, if I dig into my psyche what that means. Well, you know what? We are talking to a therapist today. So. We are. We are. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was it was a lot of fun. And she's a, a twisted freak like I am. So she's a lot of fun to talk to. And she likes to do the whole text thing, uh, which I, I'm always on my phone. So that's, yeah. that really works out. We've had a really good week post-date just kind of having conversation, which has been fun. And, of course, um, our friends DP – uh, we've been chatting with them a bunch too, so it's we've really had some really good stuff. But we are, and we're going to St. Augustine this weekend. We are to meet some friends. I, I mean, it's just it's it's amazing. Like, what a charmed life right now. Right, and we met those friends at that party that we went to. Yeah, the De- doodles. Deviants. Yeah, yeah doodles. the deviants. Uh, yep, the doodles party, which they have another one coming up this weekend on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and they have another party. What two or three weeks from them? And I definitely want to make sure we make it to the St. Patrick's Day party because that oh, was off the chain last yeah, year. It was a good time, and I get to wear my hat again. Which everybody knows I love my top hats. <laughs> so um, we also went to a reggae concert oh last week. Oh my God, that's right, with Frank and Sheila. With those Frank two and twisted Steve. Yeah, I love those guys so much. It was Toots and the Maytals and the Whalers. So if anyone likes reggae music, the Whalers were Bob Marley's band. Um, Toots and the Maytals. So Toots kind of like paved the way for reggae back in the day. Well, like, he invented the word. He did do the reggae back in what, 1960? Yeah. Oh gosh, it's going to escape me. 
Yeah, it's it was it was like mid sixties, yeah. I think. Yeah, he, yeah. he literally coined the term reggae. Yeah. And so this guy, so just to give you guys a, an idea of Toots in the Mail. He, he's the coolest old guy Denver's, ever. Uh, uh, was it uh, Country Roads? Country Roads, thank yeah. you. Yeah, uh, Country Roads, and turned it into a Jamaican reggae song. They did West Jamaica. Yeah, <laughs> which is just asinine, but it's so cool. Yeah, I bet they can make any song reggae and make it sound amazing. Um, and he's he's got to be in his seventies now, right? He looks like the Macho Man, Randy. Savage. He did. He came out in this leather and like um all the, these like little spikes little and stuff. Bit. Yeah, maybe, but um, he's also he, not dead. He had so much energy, and I was fascinated by the fact that he his voice was so clean, but he stood like three feet away from the mic. Oh, and he was jumping around. And he was jumping around, and he was. I mean, it was just a great show. So I oh, highly yeah. recommend seeing them if they ever Macho Man. <laughs> Macho Man. <laughs> macho man. Yeah. Macho man. Step into a slim jet. Yeah, macho right. <laughs> Step into some oxtail. <laughs> um, he was so, he was such an asshole. I tell you, Frank and Sheila, we had dinner with those guys, and we're sitting at the bar. And <laughs> oh no, are you going to talk about squirting again? We are going to talk okay. about squirting. I can't. So I can't hear for shit when it's loud, and so apparently I said rather loudly uh, in Sheila's general direction something about squirting, and Mallory's like. Are, are, do you want to say that louder? And I'm like, what? Squirting? And then Sheila's Oh, and like, then Sheila jumps and in. And Sheila jumps in. So we have this squirting chorus going on in the restaurant. And before I knew it, everyone in the restaurant was staring at us. And we're like, yep. I felt like that mom with three toddlers. <laughs> that I was like, you guys better shush or I'm going to take you out of the car. But it was all in good fun. Nobody really was offended. It was it was a good time. We but... felt the need to do it again at the concert. You did. You guys yeah, did. You shouted did. across the crowd. But everyone was so high or drunk that they didn't care. That's probably true, too. But yeah, Sheila oh. does live to squirt. And I'm pretty sure that Frank lives to bathe in it. I'm... Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> they are literally a match made in heaven. They they really have transcended kink, in my opinion. Like really We've got have. some kinky fucking friends. But those guys, I mean, there's a video that keeps floating into our social media feed of frank getting his nipples tased by <laughs> that's Sheila. a great video only if you're a complete fucking sadist i mean that i mean it's like i i, I that thing hurts i put it on my hand and i'm like i will beat it's you essentially to a, a lightly charged cattle prod or lighter charged cattle prod all right we at some point in our interview with with aisha we talked about people throwing shit you tase me in the nipples i'm gonna punch you in the eye <laughs> <laughs> gotta catch me first <laughs> No, but um, yeah, they're freaks. We had a great time hanging out with them. We're going to see them again soon. We got a few comedy shows coming up. Like oh, our our social calendar is filling up, and I'm loving every minute of it. We we really and hopefully really are. we bring back some some funny and some sexy stories to tell all of you guys. I'd like some sexy stories. Oh, I'd love to give them to you. Yeah, let's make you some appointments. I'm so horny right now. Hey, baby. like I can't even tell you. Mm-hmm. I know a guy. Like, I'm a cat in heat. I'm over here like, meow. <laughs> crying my butt in the chair. Well, so let's talk about who Aisha Bailey is. Yes, yes. And and why it was a, we thought it was a great idea to bring her onto the show. I mean, because therapy in general, I think it's still taboo today. I think a lot of people don't know who to talk to when you, especially if you're in the lifestyle or sex therapy. You made a great point in the interview about, you know, it's hard to be in the lifestyle. And if you desire therapy or counseling of some description, who do you actually go to? Because you don't want to sit there in judgment of somebody else or someone looking down from their ivory tower, even though they have a a medical degree, they may not understand completely. And I've seen it where they've identified lifestyle or desires 
as the problem in the relationship instead of helping them find a solution. Right. And and that's where they take their their personal preconception of of what you are doing as right or wrong. Right. And as anybody that's ever been in any kind of a joint therapy uh, can attest to, the, one of the biggest fears you have is that that person's going to declare you the problem or declare you wrong before they've heard the whole story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and actually, in I you know in my past life, I was went to marriage counseling and mm-hmm. it was sixty seconds, and I was she decided I was an alcoholic and I was the problem, and I'm like, wow, I don't even really drink, but cool. I mean, and that's the fear that you yeah. get. I mean, there's this taboo because somebody had a bad experience or told a story. And I got to tell you, Aisha Bailey is not that girl. Definitely not. Not that girl. She is uh, She is as advertised. She's everything. Yeah. She's got all the cred. Yep. And she will make it and she will open, um, she, she opened my eyes to what I imagined therapy to be. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's, uh, so this for us is is our gift to you to meet somebody that maybe can help you identify what it is you want to be or you are. It can help you if you're struggling in the lifestyle. Uh, Struggling at home, if mm -hmm. there's distress somewhere in your life. It doesn't have to be lifestyle. It doesn't have to be related to sex. It could be. She's just a straight up therapist. She could be a straight up therapist, but it's also self-care because she made a great point, and you'll hear this at the end of the episode, that you don't necessarily need to be in distress to require therapy. Maybe you just need a sounding board every now and then. Right. And I think that's practicing good self-care. That's right. And, you know, I think we all, as close as our friends are to us and as close as we are to our spouses, maybe sometimes there's just things you don't want to talk about to your friends or your spouses, or maybe there's just shit they don't need to know. Having a person like that in your life can be a game changer. Sure. alone. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and sad and alone or anxious and alone or happy and alone. Mm. Anything and alone isn't good. It doesn't feel good. No, it doesn't. And as different as we can all be, we all have that in common. We're mm-hmm. all the same. That you, being alone, we're just social creatures. So No, we're I'm not meant to be is, solitary. Yeah. We tell people all the time, you'll find your tribe, right? And, and that's cool. You will find your tribe. But in the meantime, finding those people that are your puzzle pieces feels impossible when we're amoebic we change every we change every time something happens we talk Mm -hmm. about that in this interview too so we love that we could bring this to you guys absolutely absolutely it's i hope everyone enjoys it as much as we did in interviewing her and and you know if you have any questions you know how to get in touch with us right guys yeah and we've done a lot of interviews lately this isn't an interview show that's not really what we started out to do that wasn't the intention but it's we've got so many great people in our circle that we want to bring them to you and make them part of yours. So if you're enjoying this, if this is something that you think is valuable for you, reach out to us like you have been. Hit us up wherever, and Mallory's going to tell you in just a second where that is. But reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you're looking for, what you need, because we might just know a guy or a girl that can help you. And don't forget to hit us up on iTunes and leave us a review because... Uh, you know, like I said, I haven't pissed off enough midgets yet that we got hate mail. But Mallory, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us before we get into this interview with Aisha? Bain. All right, guys. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to hit us up, podcast at casualswinger.com. You can find us at www.casualswinger.com. You can also find us as Casual Swinger on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SLS, SDC, and Cassidy. That is one hell of a list, ladies and gentlemen. It is Casual Swingers great pleasure to bring you an interview 
with soon-to-be Dr. Aisha Bailey. You've been listening to Casual Swinger. Welcome back to Casual Swinger. I'm Mallory. I'm Mickey. And we have a special episode for our listeners. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a... Uh, well, I've, I think we always have fun. We tell everybody how much fun this is going to be all the time, but... Uh, it is always fun. It is. And we have a really special guest today. So today we have a sex therapist on with us, uh, somebody we're very fond of. Very fond of. So Aisha Bailey, how are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Oh, we're awesome. Wonderful. We're Welcome to the show. Here. Yeah. Right. Welcome. Right. To Casual Swingers. So uh, have you ever done a, a lifestyle podcast before? I haven't did a lifestyle podcast, many podcasts about sex and relationship, but this is my first. So I'm like a virgin to this thing. <laughs> that, that's been a minute, hadn't it? <laughs> we'll be I gentle. Can't even remember the last time. <laughs> right. So what do we have here? We have a sex therapist who is a board certified uh, sex therapist, transgender care therapist alternative sexuality affirming therapist, and I understand a PhD candidate clinical, yes. in uh, clinical sexology. Is that right? Yes, it is. It's correct. I'm actually um, in the dissertation phase of my PhD, which is due for completion with actually the next 30 to 60 days. So I'm excited. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. That's absolutely crazy. So you really encompass all the facets of, of sexuality and and what I think we call sex positivity is very popular among podcasters. Yes. So before we get started, there's one question that's not on our list today, but and it's one we hadn't talked about, but we've talked about it a lot on our show, which is mm-hmm. sex positivity. Mm-hmm. So before we get started, why don't you tell us what sex positivity is? So people know, because I think we all have an opinion on it. We all talk about it, but I'd love to hear a therapist's take on it. Yeah, so that's a good question. So sex positivity, in a nutshell, is looking at sex when we simplify it, right? And I use the KISS acronym, keep it simple, stupid, right? So I love that. I'm stupid. Sex, yeah, keep it simple, stupid. So KISS, so you kiss it. So sex positivity, all it is, is looking at sex in a very positive way. Sex is still, in our very sexualized culture, very taboo especially when we're talking about LS relationships, kink, BDSM, polyamory, you name it, anything that's quote unquote not common. So sex positivity is, I tell people, embracing who you are sexually, um, whether that's orientation, whether that's lifestyle interests, whether that's, hey, listen, I don't know what I like about sex. That's still being positive about it and not looking at sex in a very negative way. It's nasty. Um, no one's into this. Um, I shouldn't quote unquote be doing this. So sex positivity is just looking at sex in a very positive way, promoting it in a very positive way. Um, and as a sex therapist, that is my number one thing that I love to do is, um, talk about sex positivity. That is so cool. And I don't, me personally, Anytime I'm having anything that even is kind of like sex, I'm in a pretty fucking good mood. So (laughs) I'm as positive as I can be. (laughs) I hear that. (laughs) Right? So, you know, 
I think that is really neat, and it sets a great tone for how we're going to talk about sex therapy today and sex today with our friend Aisha. Uh, it's, it's so cool that I can see you on the camera right now, too. But you got all dolled up for me today. Yes, I did with my red lips. <laughs> so let's talk about you for a minute. Tell us about yourself, your background. How did you get into sex therapy? I mean, you could be, you know, counseling old farts laying on a couch and, and making easy money. Why are you doing the hard stuff? Oh, gosh. You know what? It's For me, it stemmed back to childhood. I grew up in a household very masculine dominant. Um, my dad um, was a very pivotal person in my life. Um, he actually started sex education with us very young. I, I remember as three years old, not him talking about birds and bees, but talking about what sex is and sex feels good. And that was my dad. Sex feels good, but this is the reason why you should wait. And as I got older with each year came more and more information. And so I learned at a very early age that sex wasn't a nasty thing. It actually felt good, but I needed to wait because it came with a lot of responsibilities. And um, as I grew older, I was toying around with the idea of being an OBGYN. Always wanted to know I wanted to be a doctor, but it just didn't fit. I didn't get, I mean, I wanted to deliver babies, but I couldn't grasp looking at vaginas all day. So I was like, nah. <laughs> that's not something I want to do. And the sm I was like, no, that's not something I want to do. So I'm like, I'm, I'm have my hand inside of a woman's vagina. And I'm not getting anything out of it. Like that just didn't bless OBGYNs, but it wasn't for me. So I decided I was like, well, I'm good at relationships. I'm good about talking about sex. Could I do this? And at the time um, I'm a Marine Corps vet. So uh, I got out the military and I moved to Florida and through my research, I found out that I had to actually go back to school in order to call myself a sex therapist because Florida is the only state that actually regulates sex therapy. And you have to take specific core classes in order to get your licensure in sex therapy. No so, way. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, you know, we had some therapists back in the 60s and 70s who decided that they wanted to fuck their clients. And so Tallahassee was like, oh, we're tired of getting sued. We're tired of, you know, do no harm. That's our ethical thing. Do no harm to clients. So they came up with the statutes and curriculum that we have to follow in order to call ourselves sex therapists. That is really interesting. So Florida is probably a pretty good place to find a sex therapist, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Florida and California. And if you go to Cali, you can find like San Francisco, San Diego. You can find a sex therapist probably on every corner. <laughs> well, and that you can find them in just about any geographic area. Like you, for instance, you could counsel anyone from Michigan, the, the Northwest, Texas, yes. regardless of where you live, because there's an online platform. Correct. And overseas as well. I see a, a lot of clients in Hong Kong, um, Afghanistan, surprisingly, um, Ireland, Germany, um, New Zealand, you name it, all from all over. No way. Very yeah. interesting. So yeah. you cancel on a lot more than just sex, right? I do. I do. I do. Can you give us um, a little think, detail? Yeah, yeah. I think when people come to me, they see me as the sex therapist, right? Like I'm just going to come in and hand them a dildo and say, hey, let's sit down and let's talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Speak into the mic. But that, <laughs> he's like, speak into the mic. But it's not that. I deal with everything that a quote unquote 
other another therapist would deal with depression, anxiety, grief, loss. Um, I'm also a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Florida and in Utah. So I deal with everything that someone would come into therapy for, um, work-related stress, uh, loss of a child, loss of a marriage, um, you name it. So it's not just sex therapy that I deal with. So. Wow. That's, that's heavy. I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot of responsibility. It is, but it's necessary. It's, it's really, it really is necessary. If you think about it, how many sex therapists can you name? You know, uh, that's true. Very true. Uh, so mm. now you, I mean, you said that you, you know, you grew up in a, in an environment that really led you to this path. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, we've known each other a while yes. and you, practice non-monogamy, right? I do. You do. I so do. when did you realize that you were non-monogamous? Mm, I would say as early as six. Wow. My, wow. Um, yeah. yeah. Six. Um, I remember the story very vividly. My mom and my dad at the time told me a story about going to like a disco. And their, their uh, motto was, we get the first dance together. We get the last dance together everything else is open. And I remember them talking to us about when they came home, there was this hot girl there. And my father was so turned on by her that my mom, when they got home, pretended to be her. And they end up, of course, fucking. And, <laughs> you know, they, and, but she was, yeah. They, and this is my parents. And I remember being that age and they, they said it in a way that I understood what it was. And I was like, you know what? That makes sense. I remember being that young and saying, it didn't make sense. I like more than one baby doll. I like more than one color. Do I have to have more than one friend? And so as I got older, it just didn't feel natural to me to be monogamous. It just didn't feel natural. And so as early as six years old, I remember that story very vividly. And I was and I was adamant, like even when I was 12 and 13, that one person, it just didn't feel natural to me. That is really neat. And I, I mean, it, it mirrors our stories quite a bit too. So that's, that's pretty cool. It does. It's just a high level of acceptance, especially at a young age. And my upbringing was different. You know, sex was very shameful. We didn't talk about it. We didn't really cover it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I'm kind of surprised I fell I into this. Yeah. And, and I think as far as therapists go, at least, you know, if I'm a couple that's going mm -hmm. through an issue or, or some trying times, and I think maybe having somebody to talk to is a good mm -hmm. thing, and I'm looking for a therapist, somebody that talks to people for a living, I, wanna, I mm -hmm. want somebody that knows, that knows exactly where I'm coming from, not from a book. Yes. Not, you know, that somebody that's been in the lifestyle, somebody that, you know, has seen it and done it and does I know you're not judging me if you are me, right? Right, right. I mean, that's pretty and cool. I, yeah, but you know what? What you said was very important because a lot of times in therapy, we don't, we're not taught about alternative sexuality. In school, my master's program, we had one human sexuality course. That was it. Wow. And I would talk about kinky stuff. I would talk about trans issues. I would talk about LGBT issues. And let me tell you, it was like daggers in my back. No, no, no. We don't talk about stuff like, yes, the hell we do. It's human sexuality. Like, what are we talking about here? And so it's very important for people to find a therapist 
that's not only affirming, but it's really helpful for maybe to find a therapist who kind of like walks the walk and talks the talk as well. So. Wow. That's, yeah. uh, that's something. And, and we're going to get into some of those other things that you cover like LGBT and, and stuff here in a minute, but. Uh... Yeah. Let's talk about it from a LS couple point of view real quick. In your sessions, you talk to many couples who are in the lifestyle. What are some of the issues those couples face that they should typically ask for advice or get counseled on? Yeah. You know what? I always tell people like this. People in the lifestyle come to me for very common things. Like I said, financial issues, depression, anxiety, uh, phase of life issues. So a lot of times the first thing I do is just because you're an LS couple, that doesn't mean you're quote unquote coming in for something that's related to LS very specifically. And so I explore that first. Why are you guys coming in? Well, my, my mother died. Okay, well, let's talk about that. And sometimes we never talk about the LS stuff, but they feel comfortable because if it does come up, they know they can talk to, to me about that. So, but if it's dealing with LS stuff, we talk about consent. We talk about boundaries. We talk about pacing, um, having change of life issues. We were single couple. Now we have a baby on the way. Ooh, mother-in-law want to move into my house. Ooh, how do we, how do we navigate that? So we talk about a lot of that stuff. No offense to any of the mother-in-laws, but I don't know about you guys, but. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've got a mother-in-law suite. I'm digging out back in the yard. Okay. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it comes to me for a variety of issues. And, you know, with those people that, that come to you, I mean, obviously they, they want somebody they can feel comfortable with. And, and I think it is, it is very common, right, to just diarrhea the mouth. Like once you sit down and get comfortable talking to somebody, God knows what's going to come out of your mouth. Yeah, it's like throwing noodles at the wall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it, it's pretty cool that you can do that. And do you think, and so that's interesting that you said that, you know, just because they come here and they are LS, that doesn't mean that we talk LS. It's, I think one of the most common questions that we get on, or just with having a podcast platform, mm -hmm. we get people going, hey, um, are lifestyle couples more or less likely to have issues? Are they better relationships, worse relationships? Um, do you guys still get in fights about money? Uh, I mean... It, we're just like everybody else. We have the exact same bullshit problems that everybody else has. So it's yes. kind of good to hear that you end up counseling them on the same bullshit. Absolutely. And that's a good thing to point out. Like people are healthy. Are they not? Are they, do they go through the same shit? Absolutely. They're humans. I'm not counseling rabbits or rats. These are human beings <laughs> with real life things. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, it's amazing that still today people think that just because you're LS, that your problems are different than anyone else. Like right. That's, that doesn't even make any sense. No, but. it doesn't. But since everybody asks us that question and you're here yes. with us, yes. uh, and we're kind of covering a lot of things today. I mean, I do have like this fantasy in my head. Well, I got a few of them. You look really good today. But uh, <laughs> I've got this fantasy in my head that you know, we'll... When we get together another time, we'll talk one subject. We'll just talk about something like consent or we'll talk something about, you know, etiquette yeah. and things like that. But today we're going to be all over the board. So since people ask us this question, in your experience, are lifestyle relationships more or less healthy than vanillas? And what are some things to keep in mind as a lifestyle couple to keep it that way? How do you stay healthy? 
damn, you guys are brutal. Like you guys are hard with the questions today. <laughs> damn, Mickey Mallory, this is okay. So yeah, um, I would say from my experience, I have learned LS couples can be more healthy simply because they practice the number one thing that I like to teach, which is open communication. When you look at vanilla couples, it is okay for them to be unfaithful, but it's not okay for them to talk about wants, needs, desires, wanting other people. LS couples have it down. We have to be open. We have to talk about certain things because if not, this doesn't work. So I find that LS couples from the beginning, when done in a very healthy way, have the number one thing that vanilla couples just don't openly practice, and that is open communication. And that is very, very important for any type of relationship. Number two, how do they keep it healthy? Going back to the basics. Number one, I don't recommend you just, you know, a lot of people I've seen since the 50 Shades of Grey boom, that they just, just want to do all kinky stuff, and they want to be open, and my marriage is failing, so I want to open it up and uh, slow down. What are some of the reasons why you want to be LS? Is this how you behave or is this an orientation, right? Like for us, we knew at a very young age, this monogamy just doesn't make any fucking sense. None. But for some people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just doesn't make any sense. And if we look at sex in history, we will understand how monogamy was taught to us. It's not the natural order of things. We are naturally polyamorous individuals as a human species if not it would be two fucking people on the planet and both of us would be related right you know what i mean welcome Word. to west virginia yeah <laughs> well my dad is from west virginia sorry dad oh <laughs> you get that good job mickey sorry dad see, see if but, i can get um, any other ride of the park today exactly but yeah so we we talk about open communications and ls couples i always hype them up because i love the way they communicate I love the jealousy is another thing, right? Vanilla couples, you look at somebody in Publix, holy shit, you it's a fight for the rest of the night. And you, you know what I mean? Like but I remember dating people. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why did you look at him? Well, he was hot. Like, what the fuck do you want me to do? Do you want me to turn my yeah, head? Yeah, like, totally different argument with LS couples because it's <laughs> while I saw her first. Yeah, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not going after you. No sloppy seconds for me today. <laughs> Exactly. So yeah, healthy communication. Um, they're very good about practicing and, and managing jealousy. Um, and I love the fact that LS couples have a sense of community, right? Mm -hmm. You really, really have a sense of community and wanting to be very much promote this and on a mainstream level. So I love it. I love it. I love it. That is so awesome. Very interesting. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier about boundaries and pacing, things you talk about um, in some of your sessions and when you talk to couples in general or mm -hmm. even taking a break. So in relationships, what are some signs that your significant other may need to slow down or is in distress or that just men and women should know? Yeah, I would say that that word distress, right? If you know your significant other well enough, right? Is there an increase in jealousy? Are we being accusatory about things that we weren't being accusatory about before? But also looking at what are the underlying reasons? A lot of times we like to deal with fluff, 
in therapy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would, but it sometimes it has nothing to do with the dynamic, but everything to do with what's going on. We have financial issues, and I'm upset about that. And we were with so and so couple the other day, and I just blew up, right? And I don't want you doing this anymore. It has nothing to do with that, but everything to do with the financial issues. So really looking at what are the underlying issues, knowing your spouse, knowing your partner, looking at what's going on around you. Are you having a new baby? Are you switching jobs? Is mother-in-law coming in town? Is it the holidays and nobody wants to leave? And looking at what's going to keep us from going down what I call that rabbit hole and Mm -hmm. creating other issues in the future. So it's interesting that when we talk about distress, it isn't just a bedroom thing. It's not just, you know, she isn't comfortable with me receiving a blowjob from somebody else and Mm -hmm. she's getting upset. That's not Mm -hmm. the only kind of distress there is, right? There's also mother-in-laws coming to visit, having trouble at work, had a long week. and, And I think you just, you touched on a really important point there that there are outside factors, mitigating circumstances that drive people to distress that Mm -hmm. maybe they'd react to a situation differently if they weren't already in distress to begin with. And it's our job as a partner to understand that and address that and maybe pump the brakes, dial it back a little bit and not be, you know, super lifestyler when they need the attention from us in the first place. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's important to point out because a lot of times the myth is it has something to do with, like you said, receiving a blowjob or me. Oh, you sucked her titties last night. You never sucked my titties. Well, what's the underlying reasons for that? Is it, I just finished nurse. I've seen women, I've just finished nursing and my breasts don't look the same anymore. Or even men where she gives more attention to the baby and not towards me. And then she allowed Joe to suck on her tits, but I can't. And that made me feel as if she didn't want me. Well, we need to go back to what the underlying issues is and talk about how the baby changed everything. So I think a lot of times outside people looking in, they want to put it all on the LS relationship, right? LS dynamic is because you're jealous, and you, but there's other factors that come into play as well. But, and, and I think... Uh, now I have been married and divorced, so I did it really wrong once and then did it really right once. <laughs> and one of the things that, that I'm really fond of is as relationships mature, they change and yes. you have to find a way to reconnect with your partner as your relationship changes. So yes. for example, you know, we moved to Florida and when we moved to Florida, our lives changed. And the way we interacted changed, the way we spent time together changed, the way we spent time with our kids changed. And as a, as a couple and as a lifestyle couple individually, we had to reconnect. We had to find ways to do things. One of those ways is right here, casual swinger. Yes. I mean, that's a way that we chose to connect and participate together and bond. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's important for couples to do that when you add a baby, when you add a, a partner or partners, you yes. have to stay connected. Yeah, you have to reach out to each other and find that baseline, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Now, of course, Aisha, this is a great time for you to go, Mickey, you're full of shit and you're wrong. (laughs) You know, I was thinking it in my head, but I didn't want to say it. But no, you're (laughs) you're absolutely right. (laughs) Mickey, you know, it's all about intimacy. And Mm -hmm. intimacy is broken down into into me, I see. And so if you break it down that way, intimacy is this podcast, which let me tell your audience is so freaking needed 
It's ridiculous. So I <laughs> love you guys for creating this platform. It is really, really so neat, not only for LS um, dynamics, but for vanilla people as well. Uh, you know, it's funny. We have quite a few listeners that are vanilla and they just listen in because it's fascinating to them. It's it's like yeah. going to the zoo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at the look at the Ellis couple over there. Wow, they have stripes. Yes. Well, so let's let's talk about that fun stuff for a minute. You know, you just talked about sucking titties, and I'm over here going, I love titties. But yeah. uh, the lifestyle can be a real big catalyst for a spice and a sex life, and reigniting and reconnecting, and like, hey, let's let's you know do this crazy thing. Tell us some of the ways that couples can gradually explore their boundaries together because, we, you know, we just talked about boundaries uh, in Mallory's question. But how do you think that expanding boundaries and, and pushing boundaries together can help people stoke a fire in their relationship? Oh, yes. Good one. It is. Imagine a world. It'd be completely. Inhibited. You don't have to lie. You don't have to hide. You can, with the one you love, explore a world where everything that's wrapped up in your head could come to life. I mean, I'm like, I'm just getting hot and bothered just like thinking about it, right? Like just thinking about looking at look look, look at his face. <laughs> just looking <laughs> at <laughs> what I can do with my partner and we pushing the boundaries. But of course, we're talking about what our boundaries are in the first place what's okay, what's not okay, but I can just truly be me and being open to that and how sexy that is and how much I look at my partner, how turned on he is by looking at her or touching her and not feeling any shame or feel like he has to hide in order to do that. I think it takes all that other stuff off the table, the lying, the shame, the guilt, the feeling rejected. I mean, all those things that you can work through it's something that most people don't ever get to do at all. So yes, can it spice up your 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 love life? Absolutely, because it takes all of that other stuff off the table completely. I love it. So let's say that you you're having feelings and you think that you're non-monogamous and you want to explore this with your partner, but it's not something that's been discussed before. How do you go about bringing up that conversation? Mm. And I'm going to tell you guys, to be honest, I find some couples really struggle bringing this up without having a third party there, simply because they know they partners better than the therapist and they probably could pretty much figure out what the reaction may or may not be. And so I always suggest seek out a third party for yourself first, then Figure out ways with that third party, like a therapist or an alternative sexuality affirming therapist, um, how you are going to broach the, the conversation with your partner. I don't recommend just jumping right into it. Um, also, just knowing who your, your partner is. Like you, you gave the example of not coming from a household where sex was talked about. You need to know that. You need, you need to know how they feel about it. Are they really religious? You know, are, are they not? Like, what are their views? What are their beliefs? And if you feel like you can't do it on your own, seek help. It's help out there. I think that's great advice because we've seen, at least in our experience, you know, we get messages from our listeners and in conversations with, you know, uh, vanilla couples. You know, there, there seems to be a one side that would like to have the conversation, but there's this innate fear 
that if they bring it up, there's no going back. What will they think of me? Will this ruin my relationship if I even bring it up? And it's hard to advise them because we're on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So there's another podcast. Oh, there's a lot of other podcasts in the lifestyle right now, by the way, there's like a hundred of them. But mm-hmm. uh, just this week, some friends of ours, Jay and Angie with the Average Swingers, mm-hmm. uh, they do this thing where that he and his buddy Brandon just get together and just bullshit and they call it AS Bull because it's a bunch mm-hmm. of bullshit. But they were talking about this exact subject, how to introduce your partner to the lifestyle. And Jay actually had some pretty good advice. He said, don't talk about the lifestyle. He mm. said, just talk about sex and be yes. open and communicate about sex. And then as your fantasies evolve and you talk about them, you can bring it up in, in kind of pieces that way. But if you just walk up and go, hey, I think we should be in the lifestyle, it's probably not going to end well for you. I happen to be <laughs> right. the one in a billion and that worked out okay for it. But... <laughs> right. right. That is great advice. That is actually great advice. Yeah, yeah. it was really good. I was impressed with it. I it mean, makes sense. It's like going from crawling to running, yeah. right? There's a progression. Right. right. Yeah. So that right. Jay Jay gets credit for that one. That was that was really good. Uh, Shout out to Jay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Go Jay. So what are so we talked about that the lifestyle can stoke a fire in the relationship and expanding boundaries and it can get hot and it can help you reconnect because it's a can. Yes. Um. And I would say those are some of the answers to the question I'm about to ask you, but there's also a flip side. So what are the best reasons that a couple should be in the lifestyle and what are the worst ones? Mm. I'll start with the worst, right? Because I like to go to negative to positive. Mm -hmm. We want to fix our marriage. Horrible freaking reason for you to want to get in the lifestyle. We think if we get into the lifestyle, this is going to fix every issue in our marriage and everything is going to be okay. I would tell listeners now, if you try to come to me with that, I am not going to recommend you doing that. We're going to go back to the drawing board and look at what are the real issues. Because if you're having issues before you get into the lifestyle, all those are going to do, all you're going to do is carry those over into the lifestyle, right? Not a good reason to get into the lifestyle. Another reason, probably not, is to um, show your partner how open you are. Let's say in the context, if your one partner is unfaithful and you want to show them how open you are. So you want to get into the lifestyle because you are adamant about let, letting them see that I'm open and I'm vivacious and you can do this. Not a good idea. You know, um, positive things. We want to explore our sexual interests together. We want to connect. We want to build a community We want to build relationships with other couples when we can be ourselves. Great reasons to be in the lifestyle or to get into the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. I dig it. Yeah. It's, uh, we had a a listener message us a couple of weeks ago uh, Mm -hmm. asking for advice. uh, And and the advice she was looking for wasn't on whether or not she should be doing what she's doing. Uh, but she was curious about STDs and STIs and how to protect herself. But she said the reason she was in the lifestyle was because she had a very high sex drive and her partner didn't and couldn't keep up with her. So she felt like the lifestyle was a good way to compensate for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little concerned by that. I I didn't comment on it, you know, because she didn't ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I was like, well, that that's a little scary because that means the partner maybe isn't getting off on it, right? Maybe it's just he's hoping that's a way to keep you. Um, yeah. But, you know, she had a lot of great questions and she was 
concerned and curious and, and trying to do and say the right thing. So I give her all kinds of credit for that. And I do wish them the best. But I do think that somebody that's trying to keep their partner happy or stay happy because their partner can't get it done, they may have a bigger communication problem. What would you think? Absolutely. And and I I have so many like questions like going off in my head right now. I'm trying not to therapy uh, the, the <laughs> comment that, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, I want to talk to her. But yeah, you know, it's interesting because couples will come to me and want to explore that because let's say one per person just is not interested in sex. Like I look at needs, like what are your needs? If your top need is maybe not sex, they are, they are okay with their partner being in the lifestyle. However, I kind of question like if if that's can can like you say can that be healthy or not and the reasons for it and how does the partner feel about it if it's open you know is you know it's so many questions that can go with that but um I don't know that that's the treading in um some serious territory it is right it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I had a lot of questions after reading her message. <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah. and but I love that they felt comfortable sending us that message. So we took it really seriously. Absolutely. Uh, you know, which we're not therapists. That's the first thing we tell people when you listen to our show. The first thing Mallory tells you is this ain't fucking Dr. Phil. Okay, we're here <laughs> to have a good time. Yeah. And uh, and we have some really smart people that we're friends with. Aisha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you gotta you gotta ask the right people the right questions. So we. Yeah. Try to do the right thing. But Absolutely. But let's talk about more fun stuff. Yeah, fun stuff. Let's, let's do, fun, do stuff. fun stuff. So let's talk about kinks some more. What are the most common mm -hmm. ones you see? And how often do they transverse like to both sides of the couple? Is it usually just one or the other? Or is it usually both? Yeah. So I break down. Kink is anything that we I tell people, like knowing the definition of what kink it really is, is anything that is out of, I make things simple, of what is considered normal in normal culture, culture, right? So hetero, um, heterosex, uh, missionary sex, anything outside of that, um, it can be considered a kink, right? So most common I see is threesomes or group sex or orgies. Um, second common is usually like some type of uh, dominance or submission, um, bondage, some common things like that, including spanking, caning, being tied up. Um, third Ooh. common is usually some type of voyeurism or exhibitionist type type things. Um, whoop, whoop, shout out to warriors. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then set um the fifth um fourth one is usually for like women wanting to be they call it rape, and I hate saying that word, but it's also like being dominated by someone else and having yeah, like an extreme dominance fantasy extreme dominant fantasies. Um, I also see that a lot of men too. If you look at it, we have to make decisions all the they don't want to make any freaking decisions. Um, but it's known that the submissive have all the power, right? We think the dominant, but it's like what great way, a great way for me to relinquish my control by giving it to someone else. So yeah, those are the common ones. Common kinks. So why are these kinks and taboos so fucking exciting? Is it is it bad? Is there such a thing as too much or or taking it too far? And how do you know when you took it too far? Mm. I always tell people, your kink is not my kink. I like spank. If I like spanking, almost out of myself. Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. I'm a spanking girl. <laughs> if I like spanking 
and you are into, let's say, scat pack play, which is like feces or something like that, I'm not into that. Yeah, I'm not into that. But I'm not going to judge you for it. How do you know you're taking it too far is when, number one, consent gets out of the play. When you are forcing someone to do it, consent is the number one thing. Consent, 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 consent. Number two, it causes a significant impairment to self and others. So what we look about, it becomes obsessive and compulsive despite negative consequences. Are you missing work? Are you losing money? Are you, is your household affected by it? Um, are you doing it on the job? Mm, we gotta, are you doing it in the parking lot on the job? No. Yeah, well, <laughs> <clears throat> we go, <clears throat> that's why I'm in private practice. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if it becomes a significant impairment to yourself and others, that's when we throw the red flag and say, oh, we gotta, it's becoming quote unquote bad. But bad can be good too. Yeah, well, I, I'm just going to put this out there for all of our listeners and anybody that we're, because, you know, we're doing Naughty in New Orleans with a whole bunch of other podcasters in July. Anybody throws a turd at me, we're fighting. All right? <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's not kinky at that point. We're going to duke it out. Right? Just, I'm just putting it out there. All right. For Mickey, you said no to scat play. <laughs> no. Time out. Yeah. So you just have to make sure that number one, consent is always in play. And number two, that is not causing a significant impairment in your life to self and to others. I always say others as well. Excellent. So if you're talking to a couple that's exploring kinks, do you have the resources to provide them if they're going to look into exploring? Because on the internet, there's so much information that it's almost overwhelming. And I know a lot of people are concerned about, you know, how do I know what I'm what I'm reading is true and how do I follow these guidelines and how, how do I even know where to start? Mm -hmm. I would say I always give people like the, almost the same resources. So you look at how long the organization has been active in the community and knowing where to go to get information. I always come back to you guys' podcast because I was listening to some of the podcasts that you have coming to places like this and listening in and getting to know what goes on in the LS lifestyle. Also knowing terminology, right? So I'll have a, like a big old list that I have in my office and I'll go through each term with the, with, the, with the couple and see if they know or they're familiar with the terminology. Also, if they're familiar with the kink. So uh, you don't want to go into a situation where you're saying yes to scat play and you don't know what it is. So you're not, I'm not talking about scat like a jazz player. Like I was gonna say. <laughs> No, and you say, Skibidi yes, bomb. I want to do That's that. Not it. You know what I mean? And then next thing you know, you're in the shower with your partner, and your partner is starting to bend over. You're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to be a shitty situation, literally. Oh, mic drop. <laughs> Yeah, right. That's it. Mic drop. Well, so if you didn't catch it, and anybody that's listening to the show that hasn't done it before, we have a section of our website on www.casualswinger.com uh, called Swingtionary. And the Swingtionary is actually a glossary of terms in the lifestyle, uh, much to what Aisha was just mentioning. So if you are curious about uh, what the hell does this acronym mean, chances are it's in our Swingtionary. It's a pretty comprehensive list. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I was looking through it. I'm like, yes, you guys are on point. Yes, yes, yes. And people need go and visit that their website because people really need to know and be familiar with the terms. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that Mallory brought up, you know, the internet is such a wealth of information. And his parents, by the way, I think episode three, which is why our children will need therapy, because we're fucking terrible parents. But, uh, you know, we talk about that the internet is this place where the kids want to spend all their time and they want to get all their information. And that information comes from other people. But people are fucking stupid. Yes. And they they share misinformation because they think it's gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not. Yeah, right? there's a huge disconnect between opinion and fact, right? right. There's a massive disconnect. So my question for you, Aisha, is how has the internet changed therapy and more importantly, sex therapy? I mean, do right. people still come lay down on a couch and talk to you or is it mostly digital? For you, how has it changed your career as a therapist? Um, it has changed it in both negative and positive ways. So back in the day, doing some type of form of distance or online therapy was was frowned upon even in the therapy community, right? Because we needed that face-to-face, one-on-one interaction, especially if you take insurance. Insurance companies at a certain point did not do telehealth medicine at all. They wanted you in the office, 50 minutes, laying eyes on that person. Number one reason for liability. If that person is having some type of suicidal thought with intent, how do you protect that person if I'm seeing them from a distance? However, we became more busy. The internet boom took over. And now people realize that, hey, people are on the go all the time, but they still need these type of services. So insurance companies um, started offering like trainings. You have a different companies that offer distance online trainings, how to handle situations like that. And so I see people face to face and online. But even with sex therapy, the average child start watching porn now with the Internet boom at the age of eight or nine. Easily. Eight? Yeah. Wow. Easily eight or nine. Remember back in the day, I used to sneak in and steal my father's hustler magazines from underneath his mattress. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You were in the bathroom, though. I had a good selection. You did. <laughs> under the sink. Yeah. Same. If I wanted to hear curse words or things about sex, he would. I would sneak and listen to him put on his Richard Pryor um, um, albums and kick, 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 and laugh and, and Red listen Fox. to his dirty Oh my jokes. god. Red Fox, yes. And so now kids, all they have to do is Google or go to YouTube. Even sometimes when they're not looking for sex, it can pop up. And then once they're exposed, they're exposed. So it's hurt because most people will take, Google told me this, versus you went to um, a certain person that's in the lifestyle and they know they've been in the lifestyle for a long time. But no, on Google, it says, look at even when we do for medical, most people go to WebMD. Right, you don't know if you I, that's I, how I am I going to die. I get a cold. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know if you have a common cold or the gout. Like, you <laughs> just don't know. It's always some sort of horrible, like, rare cancer. Right. Yeah, I just stopped looking cancer. Dude, this is it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm dying tomorrow. So it internet has helped because it, it is a lot of information and people can access it easily. But I will also tell people understanding that sometimes people put information out there that's based on their lives and not based on fact. That not at all. Yeah, and I'll take real world experiences and conversations over, you know, a Wikipedia page. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. So one more on on the lifestyle in general. Uh, you know, I personally, and I've had this conversation quite a bit amongst our lifestyle friends lately. I think that lifestyle is the next frontier in alternative lifestyles. It's the one that really hasn't been addressed, even though 
it has. It's like that dirty secret where we see television shows back in the uh, early 2000s, Swingtown on network television. Right? Yeah. Uh, and we have uh, the, you know, MTV with a, a swing television show and, and Paleo mm-hmm. TV and all these other things. So it kind of, I don't, I don't think social acceptance is that far off. No. Uh, we're no. more mainstream than ever, but there's still people who are hell bent on nobody knowing, oh my God, if anybody were ever to find out. What do you see in the near future for lifestyle couples in terms of social awareness? I see a big boom of acceptance. Even as I look at my father's generation, my generation in the 80s um, going forward, most people are wanting, they're coming into therapy more and asking about it. I've seen a shift in that. It's not just depression, anxiety. I've had these thoughts. I've considered opening up my relationship. Well, I'm non-monogamous. I just can't tell my partner that. So I've seen a, a huge shift and which I think is great, and it's going more mainstream, but we still have a lot of work to do, right? We still have to take into account the religious, the political, the social implications that comes with it, that we're still combating, that this is wrong, this is, um, you guys are weird, mm-hmm. um, things of that nature. And I think as we promote more acceptance of um, sex positivity and, and helping people with guilt and shame, oh, it's going to be a boom. Absolutely, a boom. So- a very real thing in the world over the last 15 years, 20 years has been that someone discovers during the course of their relationship that maybe that they're gay or lesbian and mm-hmm. that they're in a, they're in a, a heterosexual relationship and, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not this. Mm-hmm. And that leads to the end of that relationship. Eventually they say, I, I have to be me and, and I have to bring this relationship to an end. Yeah. What happens to somebody that says, I'm non-monogamous, I think I'm, I really need to be in a lifestyle relationship. Is, is it the same? I would say yes, because we, we have that fear of an ending. But I would say sometimes I've seen where, where couples go or the other partner goes, well, I've always known this. Or baby, I want you to be happy. I don't know what this means for us, but I'm willing to work through it. So a lot of times we talk about the negative stuff. Sometimes I've seen very supporting and positive partners who say, honey, I just want you to be happy. And so if we look at it as just an ending, we look at it as a closing of a non-truth in the opening of living your life very truthfully. My model for my practice is be how you desire to be. That's you being how you desire to be, not with your partner, not with your family, are you able to look at yourself every morning and wake up and say, I am non-monogamous and I need to live, start living my life and some relationships may end, but at the end of the day, I'm fucking happy and I am being me and I can no longer lie anymore just to save face for a relationship or a life. Now, I'm not going to say it's not going to be easy. You know, it's going to be all our peaches and cream. But I've seen very supportive partners and some negative responses, too. So I just wanted to put that out there. There are some partners who are very, very supportive. It doesn't mean it has to be the ending of the relationship. It can be a beginning of a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful connection and intimacy between you and your partner. Definitely the flip side of that question. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. So talking a little more about therapy. I mean, you said lifestyle is still a little taboo. It's not socially accepted, but it's a little more mainstream, but not generally accepted. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing with therapy in general. Like a lot of people don't talk about going to therapy and there there may be a little shame involved at admitting that. Um, yeah. 
Is it just for individuals and couples that have existing issues or crossroads in their life? Or is there a play for therapy in general and your normal day-to-day life? Kind of like maintenance? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that word, maintenance. You know, I think about it, I think about it as like a checkup. I tell people, most couples, most individuals and couples come to me sometimes when they're in distress. But then there are some people that say, you know what? I don't have anyone to talk to. I have some concerns. or I just want to be able to vent when I need to. Could I make an appointment? Absolutely. You don't have to be in distress to seek therapy. Sometimes you go to the doctor for your annual physical. You're not in any pain. You're not sick, but you'll go. Mental health works the same way. Sexual health works the same way. I may say things to my OBGYN that I may not say to my sex therapist and vice versa. So I tell people don't, I recommend don't wait until you're in distress or have an issue to come in, come and talk to somebody and see how it can work for you and you can make it work for your life. So definitely maintenance, very healthy thing to do. And we need to keep promoting that. Love it. And when you're having those conversations, how do you make the most out of them? With your therapist? Yeah. With your therapist or with your par- with your partner? I, you know what? I would say first, before you even come to a session, figuring out what is it that you want. A lot of times we don't take time out to figure out what we want. So is it, like I said, do you want someone to just to listen to you with the objective mind? A lot of times we have conversations and people automatically want to fix it right? Oh, you should do this, this, and that. And they don't sit there with us and actually listen. A lot of people listen to speak and not listen to hear. So before you go to therapy, looking at, I am coming, maybe I want someone to finally listen to me and not judge me or not try to fix anything, but just listen to what I have to say and I feel better. Um, Getting the most, knowing who you pick, So if you sit down with a therapist and you don't feel like you have a good rapport with them, you do not have to stay with that therapist. You can go and seek someone else, five or six therapists, until you see that you have the right one that is going to be good for your own life. Um, Same thing. I wouldn't pick uh, OBGYN for cardiac issues. Not going to (laughs) happen. That makes sense. (laughs) So and and I think that that's a really interesting you know, way of looking at it because nobody seems to have any issue with telling people they went to the dentist. Nobody yes. seems to have any issue with telling people they went to get a massage yes. unless they went to the Jack Shack, you know, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> then they might not mention it, but you know, Hey, I was at the steam and cream. It was great. Check it out. I don't know. We know a few people that totally admit to that. That's true. <laughs> What's up, Frank? <laughs> yeah, Frank loves him. The Jack Shack. Oh, wow. But uh, Frank and Sheila are a hoot, though. You'd love them. But, uh-huh. you know, we talk about you know getting the most out of a, of a conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think the most important thing that I do to get the most out of my conversations with my wife is be honest. Yes. And I've done that since the beginning. I was honest about who I was. I was honest about where I like to party uh, when we mm-hmm. talked about Hito. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm... I'm honest and if it ends badly well at least it ended badly and honestly instead of badly and disingenuously Mm -hmm. and i would say in talking to you not telling you the truth will not help you get to an honest conclusion absolutely but we also have to think about why people come into therapy and don't tell the truth and let's call it out there are a lot of therapists a lot of people in the mental health field who will quickly judge 
people mm -hmm. in the LS dynamic. So how can I be honest and truthful when I'm looking at your background and I may not know how to search for an affirming therapist? It's very hard for me to be honest when I'm looking and maybe even your facial expressions is showing me or telling me that I can't do that. A lot of times it's not even spoken. It's the nonverbal clues, which is the number one um, component of communication that it automatically shuts me down. It so does. I you almost receive that. those subconsciously, right? Absolutely. Oh, I can feel it when I come into the room right. with the person oh, about you guys. I well, can feel it. I, I can imagine. I mean, if I were looking for a, a therapist, I would want somebody. First thing I'd like, okay, somebody that won't judge my ass, right? Exactly. I mean, that's like, I mean, because God forbid, you know, you walk in to see some 80 year old woman looking down her spectacles at you going. <laughs> well, I've identified the problem. Right. right. You guys yeah, are doing this wrong. You church. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're going to pray the LS away. Yeah. <laughs> pray the horny away. We can do it. Yeah, all right. So we are coming up on our hour here. And I want to make sure that all of our listeners know how to reach you because I think you're out of this fucking world. Uh, you. you are super cool. I mean, you have a perspective uh, like nobody I know. And I want them to be able to reach you. So do me a favor and give yourself a shameless plug. How can people find you? What are the best ways? Um, if there's insurance carriers you work with, platforms you're on, this is your opportunity to shamelessly promote yourself. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Number one thing, if you want to reach out to me, you can visit my website. It's www.behowyou.com. That's B-H-O-W-Y-O-U.com. You can visit me on Instagram at sextherapist underscore each. I'm also going to be doing some sex workshops coming up by my infamous partner in crime. I love this guy to death. His name is Tony Barnes with Tony Barnes Productions, who's going to be helping me with all my events. So you can reach him at Tony Barnes Productions. Um, or you can call me. My number is 904-738-3506. I do take texts. Um, stay tuned to what's coming up next. Also, if you're looking for therapy, you can reach me on my website. I'm also a provided with Live Health Online, where I do telemental health with individuals. So you can go to www.livehealthonline.com. That's how you reach me. Awesome. I'm going to put all of that information, and I'm going to have to go back and listen to it again so I can get it all right. But I'm going to put it all in the show notes. And I will also put a link to Miss Aisha Bailey in our uh, friends list on casualswinger.com. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if, I'll have to make you a banner if you don't have one already. But Yeah, thank you. Make me one. I need a sexy one, though. Oh. A sexy one? Hey, baby. Yeah, sexy yeah. one. Please. Just use make your picture right here. Hey. Don't give me no... Give me a sexy one. All right. So it's very difficult to put into words the type of effort that goes into what you do and being able to sleep at night, knowing the things you know about people, but for you to make the time to come spend time with us and talk to our listeners, because, you know, there are people out there that are fearful of therapy and that are, that don't know how to have these conversations and to just hear you talking about it. Maybe they'll get more comfortable with you. Maybe they'll get more comfortable with the idea of therapy. Uh, but I think it's super cool and we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Mickey and Mallory, it's been my pleasure. I hope to see you guys again. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity. I really appreciate you guys. Oh, very much so. And you got to get your sweet ass back to Hito because you will. haven't been. I know. I know. I need to come. <laughs> so we'll get that done. But ladies yeah. and gentlemen, this has been an interview with Miss Aisha Bailey, soon to be Dr. Aisha Bailey, with all kinds of good stuff going on in her world. We hope to have her back here again soon. We hope you enjoyed it. 
We'll be back right after the break. You've been listening to Casual Swinger. Welcome back to Casual Swinger, everybody. I'm Mickey. I'm Mallory. And we are going to talk, this is a weird toy box for us because we got just the greatest email review from somebody that bought a toy that listened to our show. Yes, yes. And and I'm actually going to, they're going to remain anonymous, but I'm going to read the review because this is kind of why we do it. I love the give and take. I love the feedback. And just so everyone knows, everything I talk about on my toy box segment here, we've used. I've used personally or Mickey's helped me use them. Um, and, you know, I just want to share that experience with you guys, especially when it's a positive one. So yeah, yeah. and these guys did give us a name that we can use at the very bottom. So we can call them out. Uh, okay. Just, we just don't want to use, you know, the actual Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Name. No, 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 I got you what you're That's saying the first thing. That's the first thing he said to me is, you now know my real name. My secret is out. <laughs> yeah, your secret is you love fucking your wife. Congratulations, <laughs> e. uh, Before we get into uh, reading this review real quick, um, on the 19th of January, which I believe, um, since we're re-recording today, it's Friday, the 18th. Tomorrow, the 19th, the sale is ending. But Slickwid is doing 19% off. Yeah, what a deal. Direct. And I will say, I love their organic and their aloe lube so much. I can't do a whole lot of silicone-based lubes. Um, they just don't vibe with my body very well. I end up with some after effects that include like dryness, irritation, you know, stuff like that. Stuff that's not sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Slickwid is is like magic you know there's not a whole lot of residue it doesn't you know dry me out and it's, it feels nice and natural without being too heavy well and you like the aloe based stuff like when we go to hito and we get it on three times a day for seven yeah, days in it's a got row. that na- natural healing element and i believe um every time i found a lube that has an aloe component or an aloe base to it which they're usually water-based i believe mm-hmm. um it's just it's it feels more natural to me and they don't have like a a, a fragrance to them no, but they're really good for sex, but not necessarily good for like hand jobs and stuff because it does get sticky. It does. I mean, because, you know, heat and physics and all that, it'll dry sure. out pretty quickly. But if you were going to give a hand job, what would you use? Coconut oil. Oh, all yeah. the way liquid coconut oil. I mean, we literally keep it in a pump bottle next to the bed. Hell so, yeah. Yeah. So just a little tidbit of information out there. If you guys want to save a few bucks, go to slickwood.com. Yeah. And uh, you can order it direct from the site and they'll give you 19% off. Yeah, that's that's just fantastic. And by the way, just as a reminder for everybody, we're not sponsored by anyone. Nope. We don't have any, we don't get any free shit. Nope. Uh, I just know. ordered a couple bottles, yeah. so I've saved myself some money. So yeah. I figured, hey, why it, not? If, if Casual Swinger talks about it, it's because we use it. Uh, and it gets Mallory off. Right on. <laughs> I just talked about us in the third person. I have officially become that guy. You're that guy. So get to this review from Ian All right. This is yeah, badass. this is Ian K out of Detroit. So we talked about the Crave necklace, which is a um, wearable vibrator of, what, about a month ago? Mm-hmm. So our Crave review by E&K. My husband surprised me with a Crave for Christmas. I was not super thrilled about it, to be honest. He heard many people rave about it, so we gave it a chance. I really expected not to like it at all. I've never been one for a ton of direct clitoral stimulation, which I've heard pretty frequently myself. You know, it's usually love or hate relationship. If I had saw this first, I would have kept on scrolling past it, but I did give it a chance. The time came to try it. My very first impression was astonishment of the power such a small little toy can deliver. Folks, I'm telling you, it will blow your mind because you don't think it owns that much power. 
Seriously, it feels jet powered, <laughs> even on the lowest setting. <laughs> like anything new, I had to explore to find my pleasure, and I found it. A few times over and over again, I loved my husband rubbing on, around my clip with it. Around and around and around again. <laughs> we have had some great play with it. With great power comes great responsibility, she says. Of all the reviews that I have read, the Crave needs to be kept charged. Otherwise, the battery will die. That's true. It's got about a 40 to 60 minute like life and then it's USB rechargeable. I don't exactly have a hidden place to keep it charged away from kids. I place a, uh, the charger respons- responsibility to my husband. It's a fair exchange since I do all the laundry, right? <laughs> the other side effect of so much power is the warming sensation from the Craig. Actually, it had a delightful effect for me, a bonus in winter. Fuck yeah, Detroit's cold. Yeah, it is. And I actually found that there are vibrators out there, and we'll talk about them in another segment of Mallory's Toy Box here. Um, but. The warming effect does give an added sensation, at least for me personally. So I think it's cool that uh, she mentioned that. So a couple quick pros and cons that uh, Ian K left for this. Pros, it's compact, powerful, and warms up with use. Couple of the cons, must be charged on a regular basis. This is true. It does have a short battery life because it is small and compact. It's external use only. Yes, not submersible, not waterproof, not, well, it's splash proof, but it's not insertable. And you can see why that thing could get lost up in there. Oh, yeah, it's tiny. It's I mean, it's a fashion accessory that yeah. can make you come. So I should have mentioned this con in our review. This is the last one. The vibrations can cause numbing sensations in your hand. That little fucker is so powerful. And you're using your fingertips to, to hold it for the most part, right? To kind of mm-hmm. rub and circle and migrate. But it does. Your fingertips will go numb. I have dropped that so many times trying to use it, like standing up. Uh, that little thing has been such a, uh, a source of joy. It <laughs> is. It is. And it's, it's for the most part, discreet. If you know what it is, you, it's. If you know, you know. Yeah. If you know, you know. But um, yeah, I can wear it like a piece of jewelry. I got a little extender for it, too. So I could wear it like a, a long, um, I can, can't think of the type of necklace name, but um, opera, opera length oh, yeah. necklace. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, every time you walk past you know, our 20. Almost twenty-two year old. She goes fucking swingers. Yeah. <laughs> when she when uh, Mallory's wearing the necklace, but you know, so it's funny. We we talk about this, and I know obviously we threw you guys the deal on Slickwood because we think that's a, a pretty good thing, and we talk about you know the Crave, which we love, and that's one of a whole lot of toys. I mean, your toy box is impressive. I am. I am a connoisseur of fine sex toys, <laughs> and that doesn't mean that they're all expensive. It just means that. You know, I've invested a lot of time and money in in my solo and and dual or active play pleasure. Like, and if I can share and give you guys some great tips, or I'm more than happy to. But I I do have bags and boxes and stashes and. And sometimes, I mean, as a guy, I look at them and I'm mystified. I'm like, I don't know how you're going to use that, but I can't wait. And you're Uh, like, you're not going to see it. Here's the thought: I would love someone to give me feedback on this. Women of the world out there. I've had many sex toys that I like well enough, but I have my favorites. What do I do with those? Like, do I post them somewhere and say lightly used, <laughs> free to good home? Like, what do you do with those toys? Low mileage sex toy, free to good home. <laughs> I, I, I have uh, traded with, you know, a few really, really close, you know, friends. But 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I don't know what the hell you do with that. I don't see anybody selling fleshlights anytime soon, you know, mildly <laughs> used. But that's, uh, you know, that's pretty much sums it up for that review. E and K, let me just say thank you guys for reaching back out to us and letting us know that something we did helped you. This is a theme for us for this episode of Casual Swinger. Uh, we are so excited to have folks like you that go out and give it a go and then come back and tell us, you know what? That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys for the support, the feedback, um, the the daily interactions. It's just amazing. And yeah. I'm glad we're we're giving giving you guys something you like. And that saved us from a subpar swinging in the news because that was going to be about monkeys with herpes. So. <laughs> we should still post the link in the episode because there are monkeys with killer herpes in the state of Florida. Like, yeah, and it's they're just... apparently are throwing their shit at people pass, that pass by the island on boats and stuff. So yeah. If you get hit with a turd on a river floating down the river in Florida, you may want to go get checked. Yeah. I can't believe I just said that on the air, but it's true. Yeah. So, yeah, monkeys throwing shit. With herpes. Yes. In Florida. Yes. Swinging from trees. <laughs> yes. That does it for us, folks. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. But until then, you've been listening to Casual Swinger. Casual Swinger.